Men, it's really important that we live in community with other men. That's how we grow. That's how we learn. And today, we're going to learn how to do it. How being a part of a group with other men, how being in that community and connection with other men can make all the difference. Today's guest is Pastor Terry Beasley from Men's Ministry International. Men, nobody but you can lead your family and yourself to greater things. Nobody but you can carve your path. It's time to rise up and be a man. Welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast with Josh We've got something exciting coming up on December 16th at 7 p.m. If you are anywhere near Bradford, Pennsylvania, which is where I'm from, we've got uh, a guy that's coming in. He's actually coming in to do an interview on the podcast, and in the process, uh, we connected him with our church. He's going to be at Open Arms Church. His name is Sam Childers. If you've ever seen the movie Machine Gun Preacher, starring Gerard Butler, the movie was made about his life. He was... uh, Hard-living guy, met Jesus, and then decided to go and free children from warlords in Africa. And so, yeah, this guy is an amazing guy with an amazing story. It's going to be put on by my men's group, which is Tribe of Lions, but also we're going to promote it here at Manlyhood because, again, he's going to be on the podcast soon, and we want to just let you know. So that's December 16th, 2023 at 7 p.m. at Open Arms Church. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Gentlemen, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher. And, you know, I have continued to bring you guys good content as often as I can do it. I try to do it twice a week. Sometimes I get a little off, but we're, we're, we're shooting for it, for doing it twice a week. And the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I want to see you become the best man that you can be. I want to see you embrace your masculinity as a good thing, despite the fact that the culture tells you it's not. And I try to interview all kinds of guests from different perspectives and different backgrounds. And today's guest is one whom I really respect. I met Terry at uh, an event uh, for the Free Methodist Church, which I'm a part of. And I got to meet him there and get to know him and see the work that he's doing. And so I just want you to, to remind you guys, yes, I'm a Christian and I will interview Christians. And I'll interview people that aren't Christians. Pastor Terry has an amazing perspective, and I think there's a lot we can learn from him, whether or not you subscribe to the same uh, worldview. I subscribe to that same worldview as as he does. But again, we're going to learn some awesome stuff from Pastor Terry. So let's listen in on this conversation, and let's, let's, let's see what we can learn, because I know that it's great stuff. So without further ado, Pastor Terry Beasley. Hey, Terry. So great to have you on the show, man. Been looking forward to this conversation for a little while, man. You doing good? Yes, Josh. I'm happy to be here, man. Thank you for the invite, man. I'm just excited to uh, see what God's going to do today. Yeah, me too. I think it's pretty cool. You know, we got to, I met you recently at General Conference for the Free Methodist Church. Yes, sir. Uh, I I ran into you at the the booth for 
Men's Ministries International, which is the organization that you're kind of in charge of, right? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that, if you could? Well, Men's Ministry uh, International is the uh, men's ministry that's uh, under the Free Methodist uh, denomination church. And I, I had that men's ministry uh, for uh, glo globally for men all over, all over the world and stuff. And our mission today is to uh, encourage men to grow in faith through fellowship. And we're really uh, emphasizing the importance it is for men to be able to come together to fellowship, be able to connect, be able to share with each other, be able to just share life struggles, you know, what it's like to uh, to live, to be a man, to be a husband, to be a father, you know, and just uh, be able to pray and be able to encourage one another. And it's just something about fellowship. When you be able to come together with other men to be able to talk, it just, uh, it encourages you and, you and you get strength from that too. And so one of my uh, passions is to uh, travel around and, and visit the different churches to see if they have a men's ministry. And if they don't have one, I will come alongside to help them establish a men's ministry. And if you do have a men's ministry, then I would also come and survey it and see how can we help you take it to the next level. But again, we want to disciple men and we want men to uh, be all that God has called us to be, to be the leaders, the husbands and the, the priests of our homes. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I know that uh, at my church, I'm involved with a men's ministry there as well. Okay. Right okay. now it's, it's more like one group, uh, right. you know, and there's not all of the men in the church are a part of it, but we're trying to grow and reach other guys and, and see that happen. But I know that like in my life, that has really been the strength for me is having that yes. group of guys. And and now as a Christian, obviously that's important to me because I think that's, mm -hmm. I think that's a prescription for us. Right. I think that's mm -hmm. prescribed in our belief system is that we should have uh, brothers in our life that we can share stuff with and work through. Yes. With. Um, yes. But, you know, even if I wasn't a Christian, I don't think I could live without that weekly connection that I have with these guys. Like that really matters to me, you know? It, it it really does, man. You don't have to be a, a Christian, but it just to um, to have a friend, to someone you can be able to talk to, to be able to share his life struggles with. You don't have to be a believer, but just you know, just a man, uh, just in, in general, you know. Uh, as you go to work, you know, you come home, you know, you have your family, you're trying to provide and stuff. And what are some of the pressures that you deal with? And men, we have a tendency, whether we're in church or out of church, we have a tendency to just uh, isolate ourselves, and we. Um, we don't talk to anyone and stuff. You know, women have no problem by getting on the phone, chatting and, you know, spilling their guts and stuff. But, man, we we help we hold a lot in sometimes. And so it's good to be able to have that brother who you can confide in and can, can talk to and be able to help you, whether it be Christian or not Christian, non-Christian. Why do you think that? Why do you think that is? Why do we tend to isolate and not open up? I think one of, we, one of the things that we... Um, we men is just hard for men to become vulnerable. We have this this image or this persona that we have to be this strong person, not or not to show any kind of weakness, you know. Uh, and so to uh, open up and to share with another man, it it sometimes may uh, make you seem or feel like you're kind of weak and stuff. But I I believe that's just that's the sign of a strong man when you can open up and and be real and be honest, like hey. This is what I'm going through, man. It's rough, you know. I'm struggling, you know. This and that and stuff. And so that's, I think, it's hard for men to be to men to become vulnerable. But when you build that relationship with that, get, to get to know that person, then it makes it a little easier, also too.
When you spend time, when you when you spend time with the individual, then you begin to let your guards down somewhat. But in the beginning, we all just like, okay, you know, I'm gonna we're gonna we, we get that defense mode and stuff. You know, we we looking at you, I'm sizing you, you sizing me up to see where I'm coming from, what kind of person I am and stuff. You know, but when you get the chance to know them, and spend spend time with them and stuff, you know, then you kind of loosen up a little bit. Yeah, we we have to have people we can trust, and mm -hmm. sometimes at first, especially like I know a lot of guys are like, well, I tried that that group thing. I tried getting together with the guys, you mm -hmm. know, and, and they tried it, which meant they went a couple times, you know, mm -hmm. but if you don't really like build the kind of friendship that, you know, trust takes time to build, you know? Yes. Yes. So Terry, tell me about, uh, in your own life, do you have a group of guys that is, is your crew that holds you accountable that, that, that will build you up? What, what is that relationship like for you? Yes, I have a variety. I have many guys who um, pour into me. I pour into them. We have uh, we do a group text, you know, in the morning. We may send out an encouraging word, you know, just to say, you know, for the day, or maybe a scripture, you know, or just an encouraging word. Uh, one of the things is that um, I have a, I have so many different types of friends. I have I'm in a car club, which I don't have any time anymore because I've been in ministry. But, you know, I have a car club. I, I used to raise dogs. I'm in a dog club. You know, if, if you look at my Facebook post, you see I got all types of friends and stuff. So, you know, I have a lot of friends who I'm able to uh, connect with and, and, and talk to and stuff, you know. And uh, it just it helps you grow also, too. You know, it really helps you grow. And you get a chance to experience um, different people, different cultures and stuff, too. Yeah, so the car club. I, I saw pictures on your Facebook page, <laughs> dude. Like you've got a sweet ride. Tell me about tell me about your car. Thank you. Your car. Thank you. I you know I love classic cars. You know, and so I've been into uh, I'm into Cadillacs, and so I've had uh, several Cadillacs. Uh, 1961, 71, uh, 69, 68, 67, all convertibles, you know. And the last one that I, I, I have now, I have two now. I have a 1963 all-white convertible Cadillac. Uh, then I have a 1975 uh, Fleetwood Cadillac Talisman, which is really rare. And I'm working on restoring this, uh, the 75 Talisman. And it's just when you go to those, those car shows, you get a chance, man, everybody have a story. When you're sitting there with your car, you sit with your chair and, and your coffee and stuff, and men are walking by, hey, my grandfather had a car just like that, you know, to start the conversation and stuff. And so um, it's just a lot of time. It's a, it's a great connection and stuff. And it's just my, that's one, I guess, one of my stress reliefs to be able to go out there. I don't get a chance to drive it much, but I can just go out there and just look at it, and I'm satisfied. Yeah. Well, I think that's really important for guys, too, when they've got that that thing, right. That's your thing. Yes. You know, some yes. guys, for some guys it's archery or some guys it's, it's deer hunting and other guys it's fishing or it's golf yes. or yes. whatever. And you might have more than one thing, you know, but yeah. you know, carpentry, you know, or woodworking, yeah. you know, or growing worms in the basement. That's about to be my thing. I'm going to grow fishing worms, man. I, also, oh, oh, really? Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, but I will tell you this, Josh, I will, I got, I have to be honest with you. Um, uh, being into classic cars and to restore them, it costs, it costs a lot of money to do it and stuff, you know. And um, I love these cars and, and things wasn't always, I wasn't always really good in, in, our, in my marriage. You know, we have, being married, you have ups and downs and stuff, you know. And when things wasn't going as good as I want them to be, I began to focus on my cars. Some guys go to, to, to drinks or go to women, whatever. I began to focus on cars. And what I was doing was I was spending money 
from the house, you know, and getting these cars fixed and stuff. And it, it uh, created some issues and stuff, you know, and I uh, had to repent and, you know, and get things right with my wife and stuff. But uh, so this is a touchy subject sometimes, you know, when we talk about these, uh, when my wife's not around, when she's around, you know, when she's not around, I got all kind of freedom to talk about it, but you no. Know. <laughs> so if we start talking <laughs> If we start talking about cars, then her eyes roll a little bit. She's like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 No. Dude, there's a lot of truth to that, though. So if we're being vulnerable a little bit, you know, like Mm -hmm. sometimes we have that thing that we pour too much of our life into and becomes our retreat. So we, you've got to, yeah, you've got to challenge that. So your wife, interesting thing. So I went to a promise keepers years and years ago. And okay. I don't remember, you know, if you remember those events, the big evangelical yes. events and, mm-hmm. and I, I thought they were fun, you know, they were really good. It was right. I, the most important part of that was not usually what happened in the arena, but what happened in the car ride there, you know, and at the mm-hmm. hotel room that night when we all would ch- chat and talk. But um, I, I, there was a speaker that said something. He said that you can tell a lot about a man from the countenance of his wife. And, you know, countenance means face. Mm-hmm. And when I met you, you, we were, you were at the booth and your wife was there with you and you were, okay. doing, you were kind of handling a whole bunch of stuff that day at the booth. Right. And so your wife kind of stepped in and talked to me for a minute and, mm-hmm. and she looked at you, right. Mm-hmm. And she smiled. And I thought I can tell a lot about this man because of the way his wife's looking at him. Dude, she looked at you like you were a ham sandwich with extra cheese. <laughs> Oh, man. Yes. Yes. Wow. Thank you, man. You've done a good job, apparently, of uh, of, of working on that. I can see that in your face, man. Thank you. Thank you. I have a, you know what? God has really given me a, a, a good woman, you know, and the Bible says he that finds a wife finds a good thing. And I tell you, I found me a good thing, man. You know, she's forgiving. She's loving, you know, but she can be a headache at the same time, too. But, you know, but she's a good woman, you know, and I appreciate her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess if it wasn't ever a headache, then and it, it wouldn't, wouldn't have to, wouldn't have to work for it. You know? <laughs> I, I get that a hundred percent sometimes. Yeah. And if I'm honest, most of the time the headache is my own fault. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You really, huh? Yes. If I'm yes. really honest, it's usually my own fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 So, so you find man with your, with the, with the hobbies and the things that you like to do, you find that you start to build community and connection with other people through those things. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So if there's a guy out there that's like, man, I I'm lonely because loneliness is like an epidemic. That's the wording that was in all these studies that are coming out. They're calling loneliness mm-hmm. an epidemic because people are so lonely that they're uh, re- resorting to bad health decisions. You know, they're resorting to addictions. They're resorting to, <coughs> <coughs> right, resorting to suicide and, and things like that because they're the, they're lonely and they don't know any better, you know, and they don't have any solutions. So like, so let's say there's a guy that's lonely. Okay. And he knows he needs to build community and connection. Where do you tell that guy to start? I would, I would tell a person like that to um, look into I have to say, because of my, my my belief, I would start off by saying first, look into a, a maybe a Christian small group setting where he can go and, and, and just sit and just listen to hear other guys talk and share and stuff. Uh, and then uh, he may uh, 
feel a little freedom to go ahead and start to share himself or just be able to connect with some of the men, because I guarantee there's somebody in there that may be in the same shoes he's been in will be able to uh, help him. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think that's good advice. And the other end of it is find the, the people that, that are into some of the things that you're into for sure. Yes. Because mm-hmm. you could start building community that way as well. And, you know, you and I, like as, as people of faith, right, we know, mm-hmm. you know, I know for me, a lot of my loneliness that I've had in my life is a lot less because I know that I have, I always have, you know, I have a relationship with, with God, you know, I can talk yes. to the one that made me and it, right. that helps with some of that lonely feeling, mm-hmm. I, you know, now because I'm human, it doesn't always help with all of it, but it definitely helps. Right. Me. And so I think that would be a great first step for people is to explore that, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then, and like you said, also too, it's things they like to do. There's groups that have things they like to do. Like, uh, like I said, we mentioned car shows. Or if you into having dogs, you know, somebody, they, they got all kinds of on Facebook, you know, uh, they said, if you have a certain type of breed of dog, you know, they had groups with the same kind of breed you have, you know, maybe connect with them, you know, so it's things that you like to do. Maybe it's, cooking, you know, a fishing or stuff like that, you know, going on a fishing boat, you know, there's ways you can, uh, can, you can get out of being, being lonely. You don't have to, you don't have to be lonely. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's people out there that, that there's other people out there that are feeling the same way that you do and want mm-hmm. to have people like you in their life. Yes. I yeah. totally agree. Yes. So, you know, tell me about, you know, I, I think this is a good discussion to have too. Like, okay. I know, I know a lot of guys will say all the time, you know, when, when we start talking about, you know, community and building the, that friendships and, and, and mm-hmm. building, finding your tribe, you know, all that. Right. People all the time say, well, I was, I, I've tried that and I can't find anybody and everything else. You know, what if there's that guy who's like, he's going to a church and there's a whole bunch of guys all around him who are in the same boat he is, but he, he, he really, they're not getting together and they're not connecting. And he's like, maybe it's up to me to start this. Maybe it's up to me to make this happen. What kind of advice would you give him? I would I would tell him to um, to pray first of all, and just to be himself. Don't try to uh, be something he's he's not. To try to just win someone over and stuff, but just be genuine and um, just. I would just if if he's a if he's a, a, a loving person, a giving person, you know, I would just let. Let that ooze out of me. Just let love just flow from me, you know, because the scripture says through love and kindness have I pulled you in. And people like realness, you know, you don't want to be around nobody that's fake and stuff, you know. So you can sense, sense when somebody seems uh, uh, sincere, seems real and stuff, and you may want to open up and talk to them. But if you got this air about you, a lot of times people don't want to, you know, uh, if you seem unapproachable, you know, so you have to make yourself uh, be approachable, you know, uh, and and have a smile on your face, you know, I'm just, just, you know, and baby to baby, if you can connect with one, you know, and then it'll go from there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a good, a good talk. Like start making a friend and see what happens and get together. Yeah. yeah. Spend time together. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And just be yourself, be yourself. You know, if you got issues, just be that, you know, (laughs) just be yourself. Yeah. So what advice would you have for church leaders today? Knowing that culturally, right, the men that are in this country in particular, but again, you probably even know worldwide, you know, men are lonely, men are disconnected, and there's a lot of men who are not really growing in their faith. 
because all they're getting is a little bit of preaching on Sunday morning. If that, if that, right. Yes. Yes. What advice would you have for churches to help engage men better? I would, uh, I would say to the, to, to, to the leaders, the pastors in the churches, I would, uh, have them get more involved and put more hands on, uh, with the men, try to connect with the man, a new man you see coming to your church and stuff. You reach out to him and you connect with him, get to know his name and, um, and then uh, invite him or invite him to lunch. You know, hey, let's uh, let's do breakfast, let's do lunch. You know, uh, get to know that person, and then um, work on uh, having some fun events. Like you know, men, we love to eat. So uh, I would say to the to the leaders, I would say, why don't you guys get together and have a big men's breakfast, a big men's potluck, you know, and invite men to come, you know, and it don't have to be churchy church, you know, just get up, you know, but just come where they can just have good food and be able to just talk, you know, and be able to just share and stuff, you know, and then of course you can have a word of prayer, maybe some, some little worship and stuff. But the main thing is just to be able to break bread and be able to eat together and spend time again, get to know each other and stuff. And then you build off of that. When you have that breakfast like that, the men come and they sit down and they say, oh, you know what? This was good. I want to come back. I want to come back. And then you got men in the group that say, you know, you find out what guys like. You got men in the group that like to go fishing. You got men in the group that like to go hunting. You got different things so they can start connecting and, you know, doing stuff like that. And it, it kind of inspires men to come together even more. So women have been doing it for a long time. Now, I believe it's time for the men to uh, wake up and, and, and find out what they've been missing out on. Yeah, I agree. I think that not only you know, are they missing out on the spiritual aspect? But I think that there's actually even something spiritual about <laughs> barbecue and, and having a conversation about it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And, you, and you know, they, they like to compete too, you know, so you can know you have, have chili cook-offs, have a barbecue cook-off, you know, different things like that. And you get them, you know, get them excited and stuff, you know. Cornhole tournament. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Basketball, ping pong, whatever they like to do, you know. I, I saw this cornhole board the other day at a mall. I stopped at a mm -hmm. mall with, with my wife to go to a coffee shop. And so, you know, like a cornhole board is like half a sheet of plywood. Right? Yeah. Yeah. This was made with like a whole sheet of plywood. And then the, the hole was really big. And instead of cornholes, they had couch pillows, like throw pillows. Oh, so like you had to like wing that thing to get it in the hole. It was like, that looked like fun, man. I, I don't have a place to set something up like that, but it was amazing. <laughs> but see, you just touched on them right there. See, so there's a joy in serving the Lord, and men need to know, and, and we need to be able to know that we can experience joy in serving the Lord and having a, a good time. You don't have to be so uh, so strict, but we can have a have a good time. There's a joy in, in serving the Lord and stuff, and we need to rec and need to capitalize on that. And, and what can we do to bring fun things and, 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 and things that will help men but want to be around church and, you know, and not just want to stay home. Yeah. 100%. And, and that doesn't have to take away from the message of the gospel, because like when you look at how the message of the gospel was first communicated, right? Mm -hmm. Like yes. Jesus, Jesus came and picked 12 dudes to hang out with him and go camping and, and walk around all the time. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I imagine yes. they laugh a lot around a campfire, you know? Yes, yes, yes. I, one of the things that we've had at our church that we did with guys, that wasn't even unsaved guys come, we had ping pong turn. We got it to play ping pong. So we have ping, and I'm talking guys talking trash out there, you know, but no one's swearing at them, but we, we have them talking trash and stuff, having a good time and stuff. Yeah. And men like, wow, these are the pastors. Of, they, you know, they're, they, they, they're just like us, you know, and stuff. And so 
I think that's another uh, thing that people need to uh, realize too, that um, we're all human. We all, you know, breathe the same way and stuff and we can have a good time and stuff and still honor the Lord. Yeah. 100%. So Terry, tell me a little bit about your story, man. Like, like what, like this is where you're at now. You're helping, you're helping churches to uh, invest in the men in their communities. Right. Yes. So, yes. so, where where did did your life lead you to that place? You know, I've been saved now over 30, 37 years now. When I first got, when God first saved me back years ago, uh, he put a passion in my heart to just to evangelize, to let everybody know how good he was. Everywhere I went, I was just telling people about the goodness of God. Uh, I've always, God will always put me in circles where it's with, with men. And so I always had an opportunity to be able to, to lead men, to be able to encourage men and stuff. And so that's my heart is to be able to encourage men. Uh, been in ministry and I've been with Chapel of Change. Uh, um, I was assistant pastor there from the Brian Worth, the senior pastor. And I did a lot of the work there as a campus pastor, but my heart always leaned towards the men. So I would always do activities and events that would stir up the men. You know, I would do men's conferences and retreats like that. So being... Uh, got, with this, with this calling on my life that I'm really realizing that God, God didn't call me to the church, but he called me to the men. Mm-hmm. And so I sat down with Bishop Matt Thomas, maybe uh, a couple of years ago, not as, for, as for a mentor. And I was letting him know, you know, I had been with Chapel of Change for a while, over 10 years now. And I was getting ready to transition. I was trying to find out, God, what else you want me to do? I felt like I, did, I was doing all I could at Chapel of Change as a, as a campus pastor, but I felt there was more and I knew my calling was to men. And so I, I met with Bishop Matt Thomas and I, uh, we began to, he began to mentor me. And I, he said, Terry, write down everything you feel God is, uh, you want to, you want to do and stuff. And I sent him a big email here and I gave him my desire was to help men grow and to, to build up a relationship with the churches and, you know, in our community and just to, um, draw men together from all walks of life and stuff. And that's been always been my calling, but you've been in the streets in church, I believe, um, God has given me a passion for just men to be able to, you know, connect them and stuff. And so um, talking with him and just sharing my heart about in ministry, um, he said he was going to pray about it. We were praying and stuff. And I'm still being faithful, being faithful to, you know, to the campus pastor at Chapel of Change. Uh, but I told my wife, I says, baby, you know, I feel God's doing, getting ready to do something else. Uh, and I would say maybe six months later, uh, superintendent called me up and says, Hey, uh, Pastor Terry, because they have seen some of the events I've did with men, you know. Uh, and he says, There's an opportunity. Uh, one of the super, superintendents is stepping down because he wants to focus on the, on his on his churches. He don't have the time to to handle uh, men's ministry. And he said, I believe you'd be the great, be the ideal guy for this this position. He says, So I said, I pray about. It. I says, He said, Would you would you talk with them? I said, Sure. So I talked with him and he met him connected. And from there, he wanted me to meet with the board. And I met with the board and uh, they said they would let me know within a week. Uh, so we got off the phone. We had a Zoom call, got off the phone. Uh, within a, within 10 minutes, I had a phone call back. Pastor Terry, we decided we wanted to have you for our men's ministry. And so uh, it's been a year now, man. So I'm excited to actually be walking in the call that God has called me to do. And that is to... Uh, encourage men, to inspire men, to motivate men, to 
pull him in, to draw us closer. The Bible says how good and pleasant it is for men to dwell together in unity, that we get to dwell together. That's, dwell means that we get to, to live with each other, get to know each other, get to find out more about me, you know, vice versa and stuff. And so it's just pulling men together, man, from all walks of life, uh, loving the Lord, uh, building relationships, having men's retreats, men's conferences, all that, you know, this is, that's my heart. And so that's where I'm at today. And so now I'm actually, uh, it's been a year now and just walking in it. That's amazing. Well, like I said, I think there's definitely a lot of fruit in, in the work that you're doing and, you know, getting to see as people are Yes. growing and connecting and and that you guys do like a zoom call every week is that i do a zoom call i, I when I, went, I got a chance to go to the uk and got a chance to um uh, share the men's uh, ministry uh, vision with them and help those guys over there uh, build their men's ministry and from that uh we came back and we uh, started a prayer devotional um uh, zoom meeting which is every tuesday at 11 o'clock but it's for men all over the world to be able to connect but mainly these guys from the uk they join in and i have a few other pastors uh, from here, from uh, Georgia, from uh, Alaska, uh, from we have one guy from Pakistan that's, that's joining in, you know, and we, we like we're doing now, we sit down and we we have a short devotion of scripture, you know, and then we 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 pray and we encourage one another and we do about a good 45 minutes and we're done. But doing that, man, men are being strengthening. Men are being encouraged to go back to their homes and to and to take their rightful positions that God has given us to be the leaders and the priests of our homes. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, and that's the thing is I think a lot of people hear, hear what you just said about the men being the, the, the leaders and the priest of their home. And I think a lot of guys get that wrong where they think you got to listen to me because I'm in charge, you know, and oh, that's, yes, yes. Yeah, and I, I'm like, no, man, that's not at all what that means. And you, you, no. you try, you try telling that to your wife and see how she, <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, I'll tell you this, a smart man will listen. Right. A smart man will listen to his uh, his wife because the Bible says that um, the wives are our our helpmate. They're here to help us, so we don't know everything. So the wives sometimes see things we don't see, so they're there to speak words of life, words of encouragement to us. And so it's good that we yield and we listen, so we we don't go into with a domineering uh, you know thing like like I'm the man. But no, you go in uh, loving and kind, you know. And and this is one of my things that I tell men all the time, whether you be um, well, most of the believers, I said, the Bible says um, to love your wives as Christ loved the church. And how does Christ love the church? He loved us when we were messed up, when we were tore up, when we were in our sins. He loved when we were doing wrong, when we didn't want to, didn't even want to uh, acknowledge him. The Bible says he yet loved us. And so I say this as to, to married men. There's sometimes in a relationship where you may feel that you're doing everything and you're not getting the response that you want to get back from your wife and stuff. And sometimes you want to react in the in the flesh and you want to respond in a, a negative way. But the Bible says to love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. So we always got to take that mentality is to continue to love our wives in spite of uh, how we feel that we're being treated. If we're being treated in a way that we shouldn't be treated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, there's, and the devil is so tricky, man. But I'm just, I know we're not just not. A, I'm going to share this part here with testimony years and years ago. Um I felt that my wife was uh, treating me wrong and she did, you know, she just disrespected me and stuff. And the, and I'm saying, I'm tricky that that devil so slick. He says, why don't you just pop her and then ask God to forgive you afterwards? <laughs> yeah, and I said, no, no, no. You know, I said, but see, the, the, the scripture said, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and how the enemy comes in and he'll try to 
be, you know, but the key thing is this, man, love your wives as Christ loved the church. If you love them like that, you'll have a successful marriage. You won't always be on the mountaintop, but it'd, it'd be better. Yeah, because, you know, there's a lot of, and you know, I'll speak to our, our audience that would not consider themselves Christians for a minute. Okay, okay. And a lot of them will look at, you know, what when the Bible talks about wives submitting themselves to their husbands, right? Yes. And they're like, uh-huh. come on, that's ridiculous. You know, that's dumb. You know, who, mm-hmm. you know, what, you just want to keep women under your thumb. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, you know, what Christianity did for women is something that, you know, no other religion was doing. It actually gave them value and it gave them worth. And that command to submit right before it is that command for men to love their wives as Christ loved the church, which if you look at what that means, I mean, Christ died for the church. Come on, that's what I'm saying. Yes, yes. And then he rose from the grave from the church. Yes. Where at, so like that command to love, that's a harder command than just to submit. Come on, you know? yes. You know, and then also in other passages, it says you need to submit to one another, mm-hmm. you know? So there's also a submission to her, you know? And I think when both of you are working for each other's best, that's what yes. it means. You're, yes. you're lifting her up. You're lifting her up and you're treating her as an equal because it also says there's neither slave nor free nor Greek nor male nor female nor, you know, like it Mm -hmm. it lays it out that we are equal. And so, so any man who gets that perspective that she is not equal with you and that she's beneath you, you're missing the entire point because that's not what it says or what it means. And, you know, and I think a lot of times people will write off Christianity because of that. You know, right. they'll be, I don't care about that. <laughs> right, right. I will I will say this, Josh, you know, and and women are equal. They're equal, but at the same time, God has called the man to be the leader and to be the provider and to be, the, you know, the protector of his home. And so there's a, there's, a, there's a bigger responsibility that God has given the man, the husband. Right. Yeah, and, it, and that's the exact word because a lot mm-hmm. of people misinterpret it to say there's a bigger privilege for the man and that's not it there's a bigger no. responsibility responsibility yes which means which means i i answer for what goes on in my home yes i need to yes. make sure that my home is 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 running well and yes that doesn't mean i domineer it over anybody but it means right. I, I bear the brunt of it i'm i'm the one yes yes and and that's where i think everybody gets it wrong just leadership in general leadership mm-hmm. is never about privilege it's about serving it's about mm-hmm. responsibility. And, yes. and I think that's what our whole country kind of needs to hear right now. <laughs> yes. You know, leadership yes. is about service, you know? Yes. Yes. Man, yes, sir. I totally agree. Yes. So, Terry, uh, if you don't mind talking about this, maybe a little bit, you kind of mentioned earlier, you know, when you had some issues with the wife, you know, you would mm-hmm. retreat into your, your, your hobbies to kind of, you know, uh, get away or whatever and it would cause more problems. What, how did you, how did you work that out? If you don't mind me asking, I know it's kind of a personal question, but. No, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest with you, man. You know, um, it, it got me into, to, 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 to bond. I was in bondage. Honestly, I was in bondage because I had got into debt. I had got into debt and you know, debt is a bondage as you know, that's a weight around your neck, you know, and, uh, I spent, I got this money and was just trying to restore these cards and trying to flip them and stuff and got over my head where I got credit card bills, you know, uh, too high. I really, and I was only just paying uh, the, uh, the, 
interest rates on them and stuff. So it was just really bad and stuff. And I just, I cried out to God. I'll be honest with you, I cried out and said, Lord, I, I messed up. I need help. I first, but you know, but first I did though, I talked to some friends. I had some guys in my car club I talked to. I said, man, I'm, I'm, I'm in this situation right here. And I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm messed up. You know, and these brothers, they wasn't even Christians, man. And they just, uh, they, they encouraged me. They encouraged me, you know, and said, you need to go home and, and talk to your wife and stuff, you know. And Bible says open confession is good for the soul, you know. And, you know, I went home, man, and I, I just, I, I shared. And it it broke a heart. It was like, to her, it was like I was cheating with another woman, but I wasn't. But I had poured my my time and my, my heart into these cars where it caused me to get into that predicament and stuff. But the bottom line was just I cried out to the Lord, man. I says, Lord, help me. I need you. I need you, Lord. I, I need I need your help. I messed up. And the Bible says when you're weak, you're yet strong. But that was a time when I cried out to him. God gave me the strength and uh, God began to mend things in our relationship, man, and um, got me out of debt and stuff. And I learned a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot, you know. Uh, and so um, I kind of answer your question a little bit or do you need you want more? No, it did. I was in a similar situation. That's why I asked because I was kind of okay. picking up on it and Okay. I was in a similar situation where, you know, I have, a, I've always had a business, whether my business was my job or whether it was on the side. Okay. Okay. For most of my life it's been on the side cause I needed more work. So, you know, I do like marketing and things like that. Yes. For and, you know, manlyhood is part of my business. You right. know? And so I would have this habit of, you know, I had a separate bank account for my business. Yes. Yes. My wife out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So did you tell me how to do everything? And I didn't want, I still don't want that. <laughs> yeah. I don't, want that. I don't I don't, I, I don't want that, you know, yes. I want to be able to make the decisions. And sometimes you might have to take a risk that she's not going to be comfortable with that as a man. I know. Yes. You yes. know, but I, but what I did is then I, I, I would get into like buying stuff on the internet that I didn't really need. And I would yes. like PayPal yes. account yes. Yes. to buy stuff, you know, like, you know, and so I, I before I knew it, I, I had a few thousand dollars in debt. Yes, isn't a lot to most people, but to us, it was a lot. Yes, you know. And she was like, you know, and and I, and then then I got behind on the payments, and then the letters and the phone calls started coming yes. to the house. Yes, and you know, and it wasn't that the debt wasn't why she was mad. She was mad because I was hiding it. Yes, yes, and. Yes. And, and so, yeah, man, I had to, I had to walk through that with her and you know, what's really awesome is I, the same thing. I, I, I cried out to God and I said, God, I, you know, <laughs> yes. and like, I would cry out to God when it was bad, but I wasn't telling my wife. So he wasn't answering me. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, oh so once, once she was in, I just said, God, I, she knows what's going on and I'm being honest with her and I'm not hiding anything. I need some help. And you know what? He provided opportunities to make the money and pay off that debt pretty quickly. And it was, yes. you know, but, yes. but dude, that was, that was a real easy trap to fall into for me. And I think a lot of guys can get into that problem because we're, yes. we, we kind of act like, well, you know, it's our problem to take care of. And right. Know. Yes. But if you, you know, if you're you married, some, go ahead, you go ahead first. I just say, if you're married, you're, you're one person, man. You, you know, yes, you yes. become one. So your your mistake is her is she bears the weight of that too. So yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say, Terry? See the thing was like like you said too. It was the hiding part. It was so when you're hiding that, 
you're not being trustworthy and stuff in the relationship. And but one of the things for me for me, when I was hiding, I can't make it, you know, okay. It wasn't okay to hide, but it was the fact because we didn't agree. She didn't think it was a good idea. I thought it was I thought it was a good idea. She didn't think it was a good idea. So if you think it's a good idea, I'm not gonna come tell you because then you're gonna say no, don't do it. So, <laughs> so I didn't tell you, so I went ahead and did it my way. But I gotta listen to my helpmate. I gotta listen, you know, and I'm and I'm and I'm learning after 25 years of marriage, I'm still learning, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we've been married 25 years too. That's a good number. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, and, and that's the thing I think in general is, you know, we you you mentioned this and I think we do it not just with our wives, but we do it with other people as well. Mm-hmm. When we're doing something that we know is wrong that we shouldn't do. <laughs> yes. We avoid the people <laughs> who are gonna tell us what we know that we need to hear, but we don't want to hear. That's a word right there, brother. Yes. <laughs> yes. All the time, dude. All the time. I can't tell you how many times I've done that, you know, like when I was, I was really struggling with, with overeating and, and yes. kind of using food as a comfort, you know, and yes. I gained a lot of weight and I wasn't doing good. Well, my best friend has, he's, he's a guy that lost 600 pounds. Wow. And he's a personal trainer and he's always coaching me and helping me. Okay. Don't you know I didn't call him when I was in there? You know what I mean? I'm like, I got I have one of the most powerful men on the planet that can help me with this problem. Right. I'm like declining his calls because I don't want to face him. You know? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I yes. will confess that that is doing better, and I am talking to him, and I am working, and I am on track, and I'm losing weight. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I'm amen. telling you, man, we get in that spot where we avoid the people who are going to tell us what we don't want to hear because we know it's what we need to hear. That's the word, man. Listen, man, that's the word. That's the word right there, man. Listen, that's good. Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah. So, so Terry, uh, uh-huh. tell me a little bit more about, about men's ministry international. You say you're doing some work, you know, overseas. Have you been overseas to visit any, you said you did England, right? You did the UK. Yeah. I went to, uh, yeah UK. I went to UK. Um, um, that's the only where I went so far. I went to UK, then I've been, you know, here like to, uh went to Alaska, you know, uh Georgia when came just came in from Georgia a couple of weeks ago. I'm getting ready to go to Indianapolis uh in um uh, in October. Uh then from there I'm gonna go to uh Rwanda uh in October also too. And then there's a couple of invitations coming up in um next year. Uh, the calendar's already I'm getting a few already and stuff, you know. But God is, um, and I'm not asking anybody for anything, but uh, the I'm getting invited to. And that's what you want to do. You want to get invite, not to invite yourself and stuff, you know. And so God is making a way, man, to, uh, for me to get out there and to um, give men uh, fresh hope. You know, uh, there's a lot in me that God has given me and stuff, man. And so I've been to, I've went through divorce. I've had children that were in prison, you know, uh, just uh, we, I come from a very poor, poor family, you know, I come from a, uh, I'm the oldest of eight children, um, and my parents, at the age of 21, had six children. At the age of 21, so they were kids having kids, so they didn't even know how to be parents, you know. But they were doing their best to raise us, and we struggled. We struggled. We lived uh, in rented houses, and when people would sell the house, we had to move. We had to sleep in our cars, and we had to. My mom was a, a secretary at the optometrist place. When she had the keys to the building, we slept on chairs. We had to wash our face in the little sinks and stuff. People would give us hand-me-downs and stuff. So come, I just, I have a lot to be able to say, to be able to um, 
encouragement and let them know there, there's a better way that God will provide if you stay faithful to him, you know. And I will say this, my parents were not, uh, they didn't have a lot of money, but they were rich in faith. And the Bible says, train up a child when he's young, when he's old, he won't depart, you know. And so that was my foundation. Even though we were poor and struggled, mom always taught us to pray, trust God, pray no matter what, you know. And, and that's one of the things that I did. And God, through that, God uh, covered me from a lot of the, the gang violence in the streets and stuff. You know, growing up in South Central L.A., um, it was hard out there, you know. Um, there were things I, I, I wanted to be a, a gang member and stuff, you know. Uh, I got caught up in that at an early age and stuff, you know. But uh, God protected me and he uh, was able to cover me. Now, my younger brothers, when you're the oldest, your younger brothers, they, they look up to you. And so when I got away from it, the younger ones really got into it and became, you know, uh, gang, well-known gang members and stuff, you know, but turned their lives around also too, you know, and, and living successful lives now and, and are saved and stuff. But we just, just, I have a lot to, you know, we've been through and stuff. So I believe God um, is going to use my story for his glory. Yeah. So just hearing a little bit about you growing up, what that was like, what kind of, um, it sounds like did you have a pretty good relationship with your father was he was he there was he present in your life my dad was a very he was there he was strict very strict you know you didn't talk back to dad these kids these kids nowadays boy they get away with murder if we even looked a certain way we were getting popped aside the head you know uh so no dad was there mom and dad were both together they've been together now over 62 years of marriage and stuff so mom and dad so dad was one of the ones that a lot of my friends they were uh they had more freedom we didn't have much freedom. But so when we got a chance to get out, we just went buck wild, you know, because we were so locked up and stuff, you know, but dad was very strict. He didn't play. Uh, and he, uh, he stayed on us the best he could. But uh, when you get of a certain age, you want to, you think you can test your dad or you want to be your own thing and stuff, you know? So if you came to buy a bicycle, you have to leave. So at the age of 17, I was out of the house, but and both my younger brothers, they were out by 14 and 15 out of the house and stuff because we, we couldn't um, abide by dad's rules and stuff, you know? Yeah. Sounds like that would have been a tough experience. And would, would you say that that led you down a, a, a difficult path when you were on your own? Did you, did it take you a while to get things figured out? Not for me, because at 17, I had just, I was just graduating out of high school. Mm-hmm. So I got a job. I went, I went to, I got a job I went, uh, in aerospace uh, a year and a half later. And actually my dad got me the job down there. You know, and so uh, it was an aerospace where I, you know, began to uh, meet other people and other cultures and stuff, you know, because growing up in South Central L.A., it was just we lived in a black community where everybody was, you know, and so anything I saw about white people or anybody else was with what TV portrayed and stuff, you know, uh, which was a lot of false stuff. You know, that's why being in the aerospace, I got a chance to meet people and to uh, develop relationships and found out that everybody's not like the way the news was reporting them and stuff, you know? And, uh, so that's, that's why I said, you have to get a, get a chance to know people and see who they are and stuff and, and build a relationship with them and stuff. And I'll never forget this. I was, I, I came, I got my job at North, I'm working at North of like two years and, and I came back home and see my brothers and they were, uh, in a, in the neighborhood, we were walking and a white guy had walked past us. I said, Hey, how you doing? And my brother said, man, what are you saying? Hi to him. You don't even know him. But see, he didn't. I have been developing a relationship with people, getting to find out everybody wasn't the way the media had portrayed them, or vice versa. I'm not this guy that's going to take your purse or rob you and stuff, you know. But people found out that I was a good guy and stuff, you know. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I just figured I'd shoot that out there. <laughs> well, that's it's really interesting because 
you know, I was raised in a small town in the middle of Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. and I knew, uh, I really only knew a couple people different than me. Okay. Okay. Of any race or any (laughs) cultural heritage or anything else. I remember going to college and I had a a black roommate who had a twin brother (laughs) who was always, his twin brother was always in the room and (laughs) I had so many questions. (laughs) Those women were so patient with me. (laughs) Dude, it's Sunday and you've been gone all day. Like, how long was your church service? I got out of there before noon. Yes. <laughs> so many questions. So many questions. Ooh. And they were patient with me because they knew that I wasn't asking from a perspective of racism, just a perspective of I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> Why do you guys have a picture of black Jesus on the wall? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And, and so, but it's funny just to think that, you know, growing up in a black neighborhood, you also didn't know a whole lot of people different than you, which is right. Really, you know, so that's kind of neat. Yes. Yes. You know, and that's, and, and the key, that's why it says you got to get to know people, you know, and, and just, you know, scripture says man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. You get a chance to know people, get a chance to see their heart, see where they're coming from. You don't see no color. You know, you just see, you see a, a nice, a good person, you know, who you want to connect with and build a relationship with and stuff, you know. And I think that's the key for just for our world today. If Stop looking and what the news media is saying about different people and stuff, you know, but get a chance to know them before you pass judgment. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And that's good advice, man. So, Terry, I, I like to ask all my guests a few questions. Okay. And I think wow, our time really went by, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. We could, we could keep going all day. But uh, I, I have a feeling we'll be in touch quite a bit because uh, there's a okay. lot of things we can be connecting on. Over, okay, sounds uh, good, sir. So I'm looking forward to more conversations with you. But Yes. <laughs> but, but let, me, let me ask these questions because I think they'll help our, our, our listeners get to know you okay. better. And they'll help me get to know you better as well. Okay, so, okay. The first one is, what does it take to be a man? It takes humility. I think it takes, in order to, to be a man, it takes humility. Admitting to yourself and to everyone else, you don't know everything. And that you're willing to learn and to listen. Yeah, I think that's a good thing that men definitely need. Uh-huh. Yeah, excellent, excellent. All right, Terry, let's say you're able to hop into a time machine, you know, maybe like the DeLorean from, uh, <laughs> uh, it, cause you're a car guy. So I thought you'd appreciate that. Okay. <laughs> you have your flux capacitor dialed in. Okay. Go back in time and visit 10 year old Terry Beasley. What do you want to tell him? I would tell him, I would tell him, thank you first for acknowledging God. Because in my young years, and I was younger, I would lay in bed at night and I would look up to the sky and I would say, God, if you're really up there, I love you. I love you. And I would tell God that. And and so, and that built my relationship with him and my covering with him and stuff. And so that's what I would tell Terry, you know, I would tell him, thank you for speaking to God. You know, most of the guys that I ask are looking back at 10 year old them with regret about the life that they've lived since they were 10. 
or mm. shame or, or whatever, you know, maybe they'll say, Hey, look, like their answer is like, Hey, everything's going to be okay because they went through some kind of trauma or right. I've never had anybody say that they want to thank him. And that really kind of, that's a really neat answer, man. I appreciate wow. it. Wow. That's a really neat answer. <laughs> oh, good. Yes. Awesome. yes. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> All right. Then my next question is what is your best advice for the men that are listening today? My best advice for men are listening, for you to listen today, I would say is to, if you can, I would say pray, talk to God. That'd be my best advice I could give. Whether you save or unsave, you don't even know God, still pray and talk to God and share your heart with him. Yeah, I, that's definitely... I would echo that sentiment because worst case scenario, right? Now, yes. I, mean, I believe God's real, but worst case yes. scenario, you wasted some breath. That's it. Come on, Doc. Yes. The yes. Worst, worst thing that can happen. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Best case scenario, you have happened to you what happened to Terry and I, which is the God of the universe that designed you says, Hey man, I love you. And I want to be in a friendship with you. I want to yes. be your best friend. Yes. You know, that could change your life. So it's worth it to try it. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes. <laughs> mm. It's good advice, my friend. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. My friend. So Terry, if, if our guys want to connect with you, they're like, look, I go to a church and it's all old ladies and I know that we need to do a better job at connecting the men and they want to, they want to look into what that would take to have a men's ministry and they want to learn from you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? They can connect with me through my email or I even give out my cell number. That's how, you know, that's how available I am to be able to help our men today. So, so what's your email address? How can, how can they connect it's, with you? It's Terry, T-E-R-R-Y dot Beasley, B-E-A-S-L-E-Y at Ymail.com. All right. Awesome. And, and I know that you've got some links to uh, the men's ministry, international stuff and yes. that as well. And yes. uh, what we'll do instead of putting your cell phone number out there to our, our uh, hundreds of thousands of listeners. Oh, okay. We'll have them email you. And if they want to talk. Okay. To that's you, better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll go with that. Okay. You know, kind of the crazy calls, you know, right. So, right. Okay. You can screen <laughs> through your email first. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, Josh, thank you for the opportunity, man, and spending the time with me, man, to be able to share with you my heart somewhat and stuff, you know, and I just thank God for you. I, I met you again, like I said, at the general conference, and we just connected, and man, I'm proud of what you're doing, so just keep doing what you're doing, encouraging men from all walks of life, buddy. Awesome. Same with you, man. You keep it up. Thank you. I appreciate okay. it. Okay. All right. Have a good one. You too. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Hey, Terry, I really appreciate your uh, faithfulness, your hard work, and your, I don't want to use the word vulnerability. How about your, the word authenticity? Because you shared your heart with us, you shared your struggles with us, and you shared your victories with us as well, and I really appreciate that. Gentlemen, remember, what we're doing here at Manlyhood is about all of us. It's about all of us joining and banding together. And yes, we have a private Facebook group that you can join and you can connect with other men. But I'm going to tell you right now 
that's only a fraction of what you really need in your life if you want to be the best man you can be. You need some brothers on the ground, boots on the ground, real people you can rub shoulders with, who can call you out, who can call you higher, who can encourage you, who can build you up in real life. And those are friendships that take time to invest in. So if you don't have that right now, let's start working towards it. Yes, the Manlyhood Man Cave and the work we're doing here can be a part of it. But you need to really connect with some real guys. So I want you to make a list of five guys that you could start connecting with. Five guys. If you can't find five guys or you don't know five guys, get plugged into a church. Even if you don't subscribe to what they believe, get plugged into a men's group at a church. Say, guys, look, I don't even believe this stuff, but I want to be connected with you because I need to learn and I need to grow. And I know that you guys can help me do that. And you know what? Yeah, they might preach at you a little bit, but they're going to help you. And if you are a part of a church and they're not, there's not a men's group there, start one. <laughs> start one. Reach out. Find it and make it happen because I guarantee you that's the thing that all of us men want to have is those friendships and those connections. And it's going to take somebody having the balls to step up and say, let's do this. So... How about it be you if it's not somebody else? Let's grow. Let's learn. Let's hold each other accountable to something bigger and higher and greater than ourselves. Anyway, guys, I love you and I'm proud of you. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Manlyhood Mancast. If you want to be a better husband, father, leader, a better man, you need to join our private Facebook group, the Manlyhood Mancast. Join today. Please help us out with a like, comment, share, and subscribe. And check us out at manlyhood.com.